I need to do it so that I can reap all of the benefits. Come again? I mean, what do you mean I have to reap all the benefits? Well, then you own a job. Cool. Then get used to working 100 hours a week. Welcome to Elements of Styles, the business podcast that trades in scarce thinking for community, conversation, and ideas in abundance. Each week, I, Mark Styles, sit with professionals and entrepreneurs, both local and global, and learn how they each add value to their communities, their partners, and their teams. Please enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Elements of Styles. Today, I am grateful to have Glenn Grant of Self-Assembled Ventures. Glenn is a serial entrepreneur and business coach. Hey, Glenn. Welcome to the hey. show, man. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Glenn, serial entrepreneur. What do you mean? Uh, what do I mean? I mean, I'm unemployable, and therefore, I need to continue making my own uh, businesses and jobs. I'm unemployable. Does that mean you get to collect? Uh, no, that means I'm just don't make a great employee anymore, Mark. You know, I just uh, don't really like people telling me what to do. Don't really like following rules, like to innovate. Uh, I like being the boss. So how did you get where you are? Break it down for us. How did I get where I am? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I was, you know, working for uh, some other entrepreneurs uh, who, uh, built an IT company and sold it to uh, Staples, actually. And I stayed on with Staples after the exit for uh, two years and decided, yeah, this really isn't for me. So I decided to uh, leave that group and uh, go start my own company. And the rest is history, man. So first, let's talk about the first company. What was the, what was the service or product that the IT company was delivering that Staples had to have? Yeah, so um, they were doing outsourced IT for small business. And I, I think it's funny that you said Staples had to have it because I think Best Buy bought the Geek Squad. And I yeah. think therefore Staples had to buy something else. It was called Thrive Networks at the time. Uh, I don't really think they knew what to do with it. And quite honestly, they didn't have it for far too long before they sold it to somebody else. So I'm pretty sure they didn't know why they needed to have it or what to do with it um, based on the uh, lack of growth uh, that that business unit had um, within the Staples family. But uh, that's neither here nor there these days. Did that company, did you have any ownership interest in it? I did not. I did not, unfortunately. I'd had some uh, stock appreciation rights, which is where I learned about those, which was interesting. So it was a a, a, a uh, form of, uh, of equity that was, uh, I would say, more advantageous for the employee and the employer. Um, so I did get something out of it a year after the sale, which was good. Um, but I decided, you know what, I wanted to be able to call the shots. I wanted to decide who I wanted to work with from a customer standpoint. I wanted to decide uh, on the culture, uh, which, you know, I started in a small company culture. And obviously, you go from you know, about 100 employees to, you know, 15,000 employees overnight, the, the culture tends to shift quite a bit. And, uh, you know, that's just not my scene. So I decided to, to venture out on my own and start my own business, which, you know, starts off as a, a one man band trying to do anything and everything or a one woman band trying to do anything and everything. Uh, and uh, slowly grew the company from there. And, I really just jumped out to start the same type of company because I knew how to do it, which was outsourced IT. And uh, a little bit along the way on my journey, I joined an organization called the Entrepreneurs Organization and uh, entered into their accelerator program. And 
uh, quickly realized that I wasn't just an IT guy, but I was now this thing called an entrepreneur. And there was all these other responsibilities and uh, tactics and tricks of the trade I had to learn. Um, so started drinking from the fire hose. Uh, long story short, realized there was, you know, a bazillion outsourced IT companies in Boston. And uh, I knew, you know, 25 of them off the top of my head. So I uh, took what I learned in EO and pivoted my business to make it more unique in that outsourced space and started doing managed cloud services uh, for Amazon Web Services and then took it one more step further um, to start doing managed DevOps, uh, which was a service that we called, um, that we provided. And uh, I was eventually acquired by private equity. Um, so I sold that business in 2018 and stayed on board with the new entity called Mission Cloud Services for about a year and a half. Um, became pretty clear to me. I had nothing much more to offer that enterprise. You know, I had run my founder's course and decided to, uh, to, to, to move on from that. Now I'm just uh, a board member and uh, still an investor in that business, but I decided to jump into business coaching really to help other entrepreneurs accomplish what I just did, you know, grow your business, make it scalable, make it saleable and figure out a way to sell it. Um, you know, I'm the avoid earnout guy. So big, we want you to get the, the biggest multiple and no earnout people's new boss. And as we started the story, I'm unemployable. And I think most of my entrepreneur uh, peers are in my, uh, in the same position as me. So the surviving entity after all is said and done is self-assembled ventures. This is a one-on-one -on -one coaching. Yeah. Self-assembled ventures, one-on-one -on -one coaching. Uh, we're, we're planning on doing some mastermind group coaching in the future, but right now it's, it's one-on-one -on -one coaching with entrepreneurs. Um, that you know want to grow their business really what we do is we help people get freedom from their business so whether it's freedom uh while they own it in the form of you know increased value profits time and flexibility you know uh we, we want to get you out of the 80 hour work weeks as fast as we can and have the business working for you um and then if one day you decide you actually want to sell the business all that work you put into getting your own freedom owning it actually has dividends to be paid when you go to sell it because you're no longer the center of the business universe. So when somebody buys the company, they're buying the company, they're not buying the owner. And if they're buying the owner, that leads to an earnout where you know you're locked in with a new boss for three years or more, hitting targets uh, to to basically earn the money uh, that was a big part of the you know, proceeds of the sale of the company. So your goal is to get it to a saleable point where there's no earnout. It's a lot. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's always great for me uh, and my clients. I want to do that. You know, I look at an earnout as the gravy. So, uh, and anybody asks me about selling a business, I say, whatever it is that you get on the day the deal closes is all you should expect to ever get from this deal. And everything else is great. So if you're counting on the additional proceeds from an earnout or whatever as the total purchase price, you're taking a huge risk because there's there's no guarantee that that's ever going to come. Um, but if the, the the cash price you got at the closing was was good enough and you want to you know roll the dice and see if you can get some more as gravy, heck yeah, go for it. Um, 
But I find, at least in my experience, and and from those a lot of people I've talked to, you know, entrepreneurs we're we're tough we're tough uh, being uh, employees, right? So uh, culture changes, business changes. You're not calling the shots anymore. All these things happen, and you might still be fantastic at your job, what you do as a tradesperson, but you probably have transitioned over the years unknowingly to you into entrepreneur. Uh, and if that's going to take precedence over, over what you do as a tradesperson, then that's going to, you know, you're not going to be the boss anymore, right? There's somebody else is the owner. Uh, and that was the point, right? You can't get mad at them. You sold your business to them. They now own it. That was the deal. So, so young Glenn starts his new company after leaving Staples and comes to the current Glenn. What is step one? What was step one? That's a good question. So young Glenn comes to you and says, wise sage Glenn, I'm moving a thousand different directions, working a hundred hours a week, have no balance. My significant other wants to break up with me, but I know that this is a gold mine. What do I do? Well, the first thing I do is I tell you that you own a job and not a business. And then, yeah. then, you, then you face palm and you go, oh, I see what you mean, right? Um, so the next step is, is, is really learning how to delegate, understanding what to delegate uh, to whom and making sure you have those whoms on your team to delegate things to. That is usually the first challenge of an entrepreneur in that situation they're doing everything they've gotten to this point by doing everything but you kind of have to snap that mindset and realize you you hit one of those finish lines you now need to change your ways right this isn't a, a one-person marathon anymore we got to turn this into a relay race and you got to learn how to hand that baton off to whom without dropping it of course as well um, so I take people through an exercise to try to figure out immediately what they suck at and they hate that they do every day and what they're awesome at and they love and they do every day and split those things up. Because something I learned uh, along the way is there's always somebody out there that loves to do the things you suck at and hate and vice versa, right? Um, so like me, not a big fan of legal stuff and paperwork, but you know, hey, I know, I know folks that are lawyers, right? Uh, they love that stuff. Vice versa, they typically are not into uh, IT stuff and maybe fixing Zoom clients and uh, figuring out green screens, right? But I love that stuff and I'm here for them and they're here for me. So make sure you hire the people that want to do the stuff that you hate, you suck at, because they're going to do it better and they're going to do it faster. And most importantly, you're not going to have to do it anymore. But what do you say to the ones that are like, well, but I, I can't afford it. You know, I need to, I need to do it so that I can reap all of the benefits. Come again. I mean, what do you mean <laughs> I have to reap all the benefits? Well, then you own a job. Cool. Then get used to working hundred hours a week. Um, you might not be able to afford it. Then you need to change your business model or tweak your business model. Or but when you're, or when you're teaching delegation, are you not also, you know, you're, you're teaching release the control but also get used to spending money, right? Yeah. Yeah. If, if you weren't already, then yeah, you need to bring on some help. There's usually already some like other team members involved. 
uh, it's, it's, it's letting go of the vine and understanding that you can go make more money with the time than uh, you can save money by not paying somebody else. Right. Like you're in the legal world, Mark. Can you make more money working uh, with a client or more money processing your own uh, bank entries into QuickBooks? Right. So, so what is your typical client? What's the typical size of the company that they're coming to you and they're hitting a threshold that they can't seem to break through? So I work with, I would say that I have like two buckets. I've got folks that are um, not quite startups, but are in that smaller size, you know, under a million in revenue, trying to break through that first million dollar ceiling. The first ceiling, a million dollars, the first million dollars of revenue is the hardest, right? Um, And maybe they've been doing that for, you know, 10 years or something. And that's really kind of helping them shift gears from owning a job to starting to build a business that's, you know, working for them and sellable down the road too. Uh, then I have uh, another group, which is businesses between about 3 million in revenue and 10 million in revenue. They've gotten past that part, but they're kind of succeeding in spite of themselves. They're just getting it done. There was no plan. There's no rhythm. There's no business operating system. We're not using a scorecard. We're not creating quarterly rocks and goals and initiatives and doing the planning to really get you somewhere other than to the end of the year right? Um, so we want to be looking a year out, three years out, five, 10 years out. And, you know, looking inside the business and understanding which one of these knobs and levers we need to, to turn and pull to get the business oriented in a way that's attractive to a buyer or, you know, and, and, and before a sale, attractive to the owner. So do you have like a full curriculum for your clients? I do, actually. That's a great question. Um, I use a system called the Value Builder System. Uh, It was created by a gentleman named John Warlow. He was the author of the book Built to Sell. That was the first business book I ever read, uh, ever. Um, I highly recommend it. Uh, And I learned from that book that if you build a company to sell it, it's a better company to own. A lot of what I've been actually just rambling about. Um, so even though you might say, well, I'm not planning on selling my company. Well, I'm going to read a book built to sell. Do it anyway. I promise it, it'll be good. Anyway, so he uh, created a software uh, driven coaching system that I use as sort of the background backdrop for, for my coaching framework. And the value builder system analyzes your business on what we call the eight key drivers of business value. And they're very, very real. And they're very much the eight key areas that a prospective buyer, at least a sophisticated buyer, really analyzes and looks at before they make an offer, after they make uh, you know, an LOI assigned, and they're doing, doing due diligence as well. Um, sure, there's more about legal and tax and stuff like that that's you know, a little bit more uh, paperwork driven, but you know, the eight key drivers are things like the growth potential of your business, how much recurring revenue you do, uh, are, are the owner the center of the universe? Uh, we call that hub and spoke. Are they just dug right into everything? Um, what's the overall financial performance? Uh, how does cash flow? You know, are you are you getting paid upfront or in the rears? Do you have to dip into a line of credit or do you have cash in the bank? Um, so we have a little assessment tool that you know uh, scores your business on those eight key drivers and a few other elements. Uh, it creates a baseline for your business called the value builder score. And then um, 
we, we coach to that. So we go through that value builder assessment in our first coaching kickoff. We break through, break out all the different obstacles in the way of uh, answering the questions uh, in, in a way that would increase your score and start to go through month by month, focusing on one of those areas saying, you know, what am I going to do about reoccurring revenue? How can I tweak my offering now or roll out something new that's going to satisfy that part of you know, the, 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 the product offering and you know, recurring revenue is, is hugely impactful to the value of your business. Um, so that's a, a, a big one, but um, yeah. So then we go through all of those elements over the course of a year and improve them and, uh, and, and take those baby steps to make them better. How much of the coaching is accountability, holding them accountable? Quite a bit, actually. It's the accountability, it's the curriculum. And then I also say burning issues, right? So yeah, I'm here to teach you stuff and, 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 and help you, you grow your business and, and learn new things. And every now and then you come up to a coaching session and something's happened in your business, right? How can we concentrate on you know, um, customer satisfaction right now? Because my, my number two employee just gave me two weeks notice, um, something like that. So. Um, that's the burning issues, the accountability every month when we're doing our coaching session, I track what we call action items in the software tool. Um, I write them as smart goals so that they're, um, you know, fairly inescapable because entrepreneurs were, were, were squishy, right? We're, we're, we're sneaky. We, we can, we can write goals in a way where it's like, yeah, that sounded awesome, but it can mean anything. Right. So I can, I can, I can check that off with just about any. So I make sure they're really smart and measurable, uh, but attainable. Uh, and then, um, you know, I communicate with you in between our coaching sessions, remind you what they are. And when you come in the next meeting, we're going through that list and I'm asking you what the status is. And some of them are due by that meeting. Some of them are due in six months. Um, sometimes, uh, you know, I had a client who's just had like 10 things on there and wasn't able to get anything done. And I was like, okay, from here on out, we're picking one. We're going to call it the one thing. I only want you to do this one thing between now and then, because you're not moving the needle on any of these 10 things. I'd rather have you move the needle on one of them. Then we only have nine left. That makes sense. And they probably come in ashamed and, 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 uh, insecure about it, but what, how are you communicating with them throughout between session to session? So you say you communicate with them, are you texting them, are you WhatsApping them, are you email, yeah, email, text, WhatsApp, whatever, whatever, you know, works. Um, there's so many different things, uh, different platforms signal, you know, for the tinfoil hat wearers out there, uh, <laughs> for the tinfoil hat wearers in the audience. Yes. Me included. So if you're looking for me, I'm on signal, search me out. Um, how are you compensated? So, uh, I, I charge a monthly fee. That's it. You pay monthly as you go. Um, I ask for a 12 month commitment because if, uh, if, if you're really not on board for 12 months, if you're not gun ho about working with me, then it's just not the right fit. Um, there's also, you know, personality stuff too. I like to make sure like if, if you're going to be overly upset or sensitive, if you come to your, your next meeting and you didn't do your action items and, uh, and I pick on you a little bit about it, then we wouldn't be a good fit there. But most of my clients, all my clients actually appreciate that. It's all fun and lighthearted, but I'm not going to like just breeze by and let you off the hook. That's not my job. My job is to, 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 to make a point and make sure that you do what you said you were going to do. I didn't give you this homework. You gave yourself this homework. 
and you got to coach them up. Yep. So that's interesting. So a monthly recurring revenue, and obviously, if they only dip their toes for three months, nobody in the world is going to be able to say, I see tangible results, right? It's kind of like marketing. You have to be consistent with it for it to you work. You have to be consistent. And, you know, there's eight key drivers. So if you do three out of eight, you're not seeing the whole picture. And we do um, stack them in a way where they are in a sequence that makes sense. Um, but not every driver gives you this huge, big bang, visible, visible bang for the buck either. So, um, you know, some of these things are like customer success. We measure customer success with uh, the tool. We provide a free network net, uh, net promoter score survey tool. Uh, we send out those NPS links in one of the coaching sessions. It takes a while for people to answer all those things. So, you know, there's things built into the, into the process, which take time where we've set, you know, planted the seeds in, in earlier coaching sessions so we can kind of harvest what we've grown in later coaching sessions. If someone were to graduate from your program with honors, what would their testimonial sound like? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, my testimonial would be, let's see. Uh, whew, I know I, I have a really successful business. I'm able to take uh, time off anytime I want. Uh, I could disappear from the business for three months and come back and, you know, most everything would be fine. I'm sure my employees saved a couple of things for me, but, uh, but otherwise everything would run, run smoothly. That would be one testimonial. The other one would be, I sold my business for the amount that I was expecting or more. Uh, and I did not have some sort of crazy uh, retrading experience where people were chipping away at the offered price after they started to uh, you know, peel back the covers. And I avoided having an earnout. So I was free to go at the end of uh, at the end 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 of the deal. That would be a nice testimonial. So if someone were to refer you business, so someone like myself who's dealing with a client who seems scattered, how would you want me to uh, message what you do? So how would you tell them what it is I do? Yeah, yeah, um, that's a great question too. I would. I, I mean, I would say, hey, I, I, I know this fellow, Glenn, he's a business coach. He loves to work with entrepreneurs and his, his, his passion is helping you get your business in a place where it's providing you the freedom you want from being an entrepreneur and a business owner. I like it. So the most important question, how would someone get in touch with you if they wanted to engage you for your coaching services? So uh, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. It's Glenn Grant. I'm on LinkedIn quite a bit. Otherwise, you can hit me up at my website, which is uh, selfassembled.com. S-E-L-F-A-S-S-E-M-B-L-E-D.com. So Glenn, one of my dreams is to get all of our guests together uh, as a networking event, all of the folks I've interviewed on this podcast. And one of the things I want to have there is a, is a stage for karaoke. So when it comes time, Glenn Grant, you're up on center stage. What's your go-to karaoke? Well, go-to to karaoke depends on if I've had enough cocktails or not, but uh, <clears throat> I have been known to do Total Eclipse of the Heart Dan Band style, and I'd be happy to do that for you. Dan Band style? What's that mean? Yeah. Check it out on YouTube, baby. Glenn, thank you so much for joining. I'm sure our listeners really appreciate uh, the strategies that you've 
laid out for them and hopefully they'll give you a call if they are looking for assistance. Appreciate awesome. you, man. Well, thanks for having me, Mark. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice for a new episode each week and share this with everyone and anyone. If you have any questions or comments or have an idea for another guest, feel free to shoot me an email at mstyles at styles-law.com. That's M-S-T-I-L-E-S at styles-law.com. And if you are a real estate professional, be sure to check us out on our private exclusive Facebook page, The Real Estate School at 892 for content and Massachusetts continuing education opportunities. Be well, folks. Today's episode is sponsored by Securitidal. Securitidal helps Massachusetts real estate attorneys, real estate agents, loan professionals, buyers, and sellers with all of their title, settlement, and escrow needs. Securitidal, S-E-C-U-R-I-T-I-T-L-E.com, where security and title come together. This podcast is being provided for informational purposes only. The podcast is not a comprehensive overview of the subject and is not intended to provide legal or financial advice or an endorsement of any product or business. The views expressed by podcast guests are their own and their appearance on the podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Please seek legal, financial, or tax advice before taking any action on the matters or products discussed herein.